Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. What is up, all of my beautiful freaking people? Welcome back to another episode of FML Talk. I have been getting asked to do this episode Probably since we launched this fucking podcast, we are diving in to all things fuckboys and red flags. So sit back, grab probably the bottle of tequila today, and welcome to FML Talk. Oh my god. Wait, how old was the other girl? 19. Can you believe that shit? Hey, this is Gabrielle Stone. Good book. <gasps> he did what? 48 hours? What a dick. Yeah, but have you seen all the photos on our Instagram? And this is FML Talk. Oh, no, she didn't. So if you guys have been watching us on YouTube this season, which I've been loving that you're able to see the interviews and see our guests that come on and, you know, it's it gives it a whole different vibe when you're watching. But we've also been churning out these on-camera episodes and haven't been doing any solo episodes this season. And I realized this and was like, oh, fuck, we have to, we got to get a solo episode in here. And for some reason, I'm just not comfortable doing them in studio on camera. Like I could power through it, but it's so much more fun and just like relaxed for me to be where I'm at right now, which is sitting in my little office on my couch in my PJs, um, talking to you in kind of a more shooting the shit vibe. So then I remembered I was like, well, it's my fucking podcast. So we're going to do it like this. So if you are used to watching the YouTube episodes, there will not be a YouTube episode today. This is what y'all are getting. So Oh, this episode. (laughs) Um, The amount of DMs I have gotten saying, can you do an episode about red flags? Can you do an episode about fuckboys? On FML's Guide to Relationships, which was season one of the minis, we did a small mini bonus episode on fuckboys. But like, don't they really deserve a full length episode? I think so. So here we are. Um, It's something that we have all dealt with. And if you haven't yet, you either just haven't realized it or you will in the future. Um, And when I say fuck boys, that's just for you know, the ease of the conversation today. Uh, Fuck boys come in all forms. Um, Fuck people. (laughs) Uh, Fuck girls. There are all of them. Um, But just know that 
they pertain to whatever gender um, you decide to identify with. But we're going to start with red flags <laughs> and um, navigate our way through those and end up in the uh, fuckboy world, if you will. Because in order to get to realizing that you're in a fuckboy dynamic, you have to um, cover your eyes and ignore the red flags that are flying in front of your fucking face in order to get there. So we're going to start with, uh, with the red flags. And I made a decision today to kind of do this episode more how we do the mini uncut bonus episodes um, so that you guys can kind of get a feel as to all the seasons that we have on the Patreon subscription. So if you want to check those out, you can go to patreon.com slash FML talk. The first season was FML's Guide to Relationships. The second season was Tea Time with Tay, um, who you also know as Tyler from The Ridiculous Misadventures. And the third season was The Ridiculous Misadventures Director's Cut. So all the behind the scenes stuff that I can't really talk about on the main episode, um, conversations that had to be had uh, for permissions and drama that ensued and all the things deleted chapters like it was a juicy fucking season and now we are deep into season four which is fml's guide to fucking healing and uh i bring guests on sometimes it's just me and they're very kind of uncut raw just you and i hanging out um and i wanted to do this episode in that style because I've been having so much fucking fun just getting on there and being myself and ridiculous and, you know, showing up a la Gabrielle. So let's dive the fuck in, shall we? You know, we usually start with real life examples because what's better than to make an example out of your own fucking mistakes? <laughs> um, and people ask me in interviews, in conversation, like all the time, you know, there had to be red flags with you and your ex-husband that you missed. And of course, there was red flags. What's interesting, though, is that I've begun to realize um, as time has gone on and I've continued on my own healing path that there were red flags that I recognized at the time and chose to be like, mm, I see you, but like, I'm going to turn the other way. And there were red flags that like, I didn't even acknowledge or understand were there and like flying in the fucking wind. So we're going to dive into both of those. Um, and these are things that if they ever come up in your own relationships um, to be wary of. So I've talked a bit before how when Daniel and I got together, you know, he obviously met me as an actress and part of being an actress is, you know, doing the roles that you book. And sometimes those roles include being intimate with someone else. I have never, nor would I ever say that that is an easy thing for a partner to deal with. It's weird. Um, but if you are an actor, you know that like shooting those scenes is the most 
awkward and uncomfortable situation you could ever be in. It's never steamy and sexy. It's always like, hey, can you like turn your right shoulder out more and like squeeze your butt cheek so it like lifts and then, you know, tilt your head this way. It's just fucking horrible. There's a bunch of like crew people that are standing around watching this and you're like, oh my God, they fed us onions for fucking lunch. And it's just, it's horrible. <laughs> like nothing about it is sexy, but I digress. Um, so he had met me as an actress and he knew that this was a thing. Um, still, whenever I had to go shoot something that had, you know, any type of romance on screen, it was a huge fucking problem. Um, and I recognized that and I was like, this is not, this is not good. Um, because in my mentality, I was like, this is just me making out with someone on screen, um, who happened to be, you know, the one in particular that I'm thinking of right now, very non-threatening, um, in every form. What happens when I book something where I'm making out and like have my top off and like pretending to have wild and crazy sex with someone that looks like Channing Tatum. Um, how is he going to deal with that? Because, <laughs> you know, yes, there's movie magic, but like if you're filming a sex scene, there's certain strips that are covered. But like, you know, if if a boob goes in the mouth or like, you know, the hands are on different places like that shit's very, you know, it's happening, whether it is awkward or not is a whole nother thing, but like it's happening. So I was already looking down the road being like, I don't know how this is going to fly. Um, so that was the first red flag. And when I say like I had hell to pay whenever I was on set, it was like phone calls every night, like gnarly fights would ensue. I would end up crying on the phone. Um, and it was hell. It was like ruining my experience of my job that I had like worked so hard for some of these roles. Um, so that was the first aspect of it. The other aspect was it wasn't only if there was like intimacy on set. If I was with a group and let's say, you know, four of my co-stars were male and one was female and we all went out to dinner it was like well why the fuck are you hanging out with them like i, I i'm not really comfortable that you know you guys are going to the movies um and stuff that was like very obvious jealousy so to me i was like okay this is this is an issue we need to go to therapy but still i was like we'll fix it in therapy. Like we'll eventually get to a good place around it. Um, spoiler alert, we never did. <laughs> um, but it was, it, it was a red, an obvious red flag that I acknowledged and chose to be like, it's okay. We will figure out a way to paint this flag yellow <laughs> and eventually green and it'll be fine. Red flag number two was when these types of fights would happen or just any fight really, but it usually was something about, you know, me being on set or being out of town. Um, and the time would come for like us to make up and apologize. The way he did that 
was let me take you to some extravagant dinner. Let me book us like a weekend away. Let me take you on a shopping spree. It was always like, let me fix this with money. And I write about this in Eat, Pray, FML. And for whatever reason, my brain didn't go, Gabrielle, this is fucking toxic. Maybe you should not be accepting this stuff when he's not actually changing his fucking behavior. Um, I, I don't have an answer for that. I don't know if it was the way that, you know, the extravagance kind of swept me up. Um, the fact that that extravagance was also met with like crocodile tears and him telling me that like he'll work on it and he'll fix it and it'll never happen again. Uh, I don't know what it was, um, but it was fucking toxic. <laughs> um, that is such a massive red flag to where if my girlfriend and I were sitting down and they told me this story and was like, this is what happens. This is what he does. And then he fixes it with A, B and C. I'd be like, bitch, you need to leave like you are entering the carnival and the flags are fucking red. It's time to back up. Um, so I don't really know how my brain convinced itself that like this was fine and fucking dandy, but it did. Um, but that was a huge red flag. So these were two that I acknowledged. Um, I just, <laughs> I just blindly, you know, walked forward anyways. But then there were the ones that now, like having some perspective and space on the entire situation, I look back on and I'm like, oh shit. And those are the ones that are scary. Summer is here and life is not slowing down for us anytime soon. One of the things we have continuously relied on making our lives so much easier is factor meals. No prep, no mess, no cleanup meals. I have really been off the wagon with my eating since having my son, and for my health, my wellness, and my mental sanity, I have been switching my dinners to more healthy options from Factor. They have 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, so I never get bored. And Tay is continuously shocked every time he sits down to eat one because they are so freaking tasty. They have breakfast, lunches, dinners, and desserts. It's a treat to have restaurant-quality food that is so easy to prepare and doesn't come with the insane Postmates bill. Head to factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 and use code FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code FMLtalk50 at factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Enjoy, FMLers. So I'm going to try and give you guys as much detail um, about this without speaking on other people's relationships. Um, also, because I know my ex listens to this podcast. What up, dude? Um, <laughs> welcome to the show. Uh, and, you know, it's just whatever. We'll, we'll tiptoe lightly around it. But I have had many, many people that know my ex and um I don't even know if I should say the word girlfriend um his girl <laughs> um and that have very openly um offered 
some really disturbing information about what goes on in that relationship dynamic and just I, I feel sympathy for um any female in a dynamic and situation like that. Um and hearing some of the things that I've been told by numerous people um makes me realize like, oh shit, when I was married to Daniel, that was the very early stages of him trying to pull that with me. Um fortunately <laughs> I am not the one. We we know this very fucking well. Um but those are the things where I didn't even realize were happening at the time um, and brushed them off very casually. So I want to talk about those because those are things that like are scary to me. And they started more, you know, like mild and then towards the end of the relationship kind of increased and got more and more um, obvious and like ridiculous um so it started with little things like you know don't wear sports bras to the gym because that's slutty like put some clothes on and you know it would be it wouldn't be said quite like that it would be like you know it's like not that great when you just wear a sports bra you know you should the the girls that do that are sluts um and which is, you know, obviously so insane for so many reasons. But um, I remember being like, okay, you know, like this is my fiance or, you know, at the time. Um, so like, I get, I, I get it. Like, you know, you want me to not be oogled by other people at the gym. Side note, like a girl can walk into the gym with like full on sweatpants and like a baggy sweatshirt and still get stared at like it doesn't really fucking matter but I digress then it was things like you know and I've talked about this before where he would say well if you want to keep working like if you want to keep acting you have to pay your half of the rent and you know your portion of the bills um if you want to stop acting and just be a stay-at-home wife like I'll take care of everything and at the time, I thought it was just like an asshole thing to say, like, you know, why would you even suggest that? But now looking back on it, I'm like, oh, that was the beginning of him trying to get me to be financially dependent on him so that even if I wanted to leave, I couldn't because he would then control all of our finances. And I'm like, oh, okay, that makes a little more sense now that I see that. I also, and you know, like I have touched on this multiple times, have been open about the fact that he was wanting to have a lot more sex. We were having sex like two to three times a week. Um, I was fucking working out every day, going to the set, like, crazy busy we were all we were both crazy busy um but what i've never talked about is the fact that i know when that switch flipped in him um and that <laughs> i don't want to say it was my fault but um 
I can I can trace it back to a specific moment. And we had gone out for this like Valentine's dinner to this um this restaurant in Beverly Hills and then we went and saw 50 Shades of Grey in the theater. Um side note, when I found all of the proof of the infidelity, there were receipts of them going to that same restaurant and then the same hotel that we stayed at. But, you know, just run it back, bro. Run it back. Um, And so we went to go see Fifty Shades of Grey and like everybody saw Fifty Shades of Grey and was like, ooh, this is so sexy, whatever. Like, yeah, tie me up. Okay. So we ended up going back to the hotel room that night and it was, you know, like it, it had like set the mood. So like, I had music on. I was in like this like crazy lingerie set. I danced for him. I, you know, put a blindfold on him. It was like a whole thing. And he up until that point. It's always so funny when I like talk about this stuff, because I really am so disconnected from it all that like it's literally like not talking about a person. I feel like I am talking about a figurative character, if that makes sense. Um, It's just, (laughs) I don't know. I'm not saying any of this to be mean. I'm just like, I'm trying to (laughs) show the uh, progression of how things went. So before me, uh, he had a very vanilla sex um background history um it, it was like the first time we had sex was awful um and i remember he was like oh i i threw my back out and like i can't you know it was just whatever but like i you know people get nervous fine um but like i taught him <laughs> how to have sex. This is really going to upset him. I don't mean this in like a negative way. Um, we, I was just the first person that like kind of opened up the, the floodgates in the bedroom, I guess. Um, but it was after that Valentine's day that like everything changed and every, every fucking week it was like, I, you know, that, that night on Valentine's day and you know, what can, when do we get to like do stuff like that again? And you know, every time we had sex, it was like, well, you, can you put lingerie on? Can you dance for me? Can you da 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 da? And it was like, that's exhausting. Like, no, I don't want to go work out, run all the fucking errands that I have to do today you know, be on set for 12 hours if that was what I was doing and come home and like play fucking handcuffs and blindfolds in bed. Like, no, that sounds fucking horrible. Um, And it became this like obsessive thing that was like always talked about and like always asked for. And when I was like, no, um, it made me feel pressured. Um, and he like made me feel like guilty about it. And it was really shitty. And I know a lot of women go through that and that's bullshit. And I can confidently say that now that I'm with a person that doesn't fucking do that at all. And it's so refreshing to, to not feel like pressured for sex and be like, no, if you want me to have sex, like, why don't you come do something that's going to like turn me on and make me feel that way? (laughs) And then like, let me like accept or decline after, you know, you put some fucking effort in. Um, And it's interesting because so many, 
Oh my god, we're really going here. I feel like this is meant to be a long mini bonus episode and the further we get into it, the further I'm like, fuck, why did you choose to do this as a public episode? But here we go. <laughs> um, I get a lot of comments on my TikTok videos from, you know, fucking sad, lonely men living in their mother's basements um, that are like, well, you know, you probably had headaches too often or like weren't sucking dick. And not that any of them are listening to this podcast, but just to clear the air and I don't know if any other women feel this way, but like sometimes I would rather suck dick than have sex. Um, and it was always like a much easier, like, let me just fucking, you know, handle this for three minutes and then I can like go watch my TV show. Um, that was <laughs> that was like something that I didn't mind doing. So I always think it's funny when people you know, pop off saying, oh, you probably weren't like going to town enough or like giving blowjobs. And it's like, no, bro, like wasn't wasn't the case. Um, Sometimes men are just fucking douchebags. Um, And again, women, men like interchangeable, just speaking from like my perspective. um, You know what I mean? Okay, so why are you telling us these uh, details about your past sex life, Gabrielle? I'm so glad you fucking asked. Let me tell you. So the things again that have been offered to me so so unwelcomed and uninvited lead me to believe infer assume um that he has some um qualities that I'm like how can I phrase this the best way qualities that line up with sex addiction and some stuff that like even I would not be into. Um, not actually, let me say that more, more, more clearly that I would not be into. Um, and the stuff that started getting asked of me on a consistent basis, that was a big red fucking flag to what his idea of where he wanted you know a sexual relationship to go in the future um big fucking red flag um i <laughs> i'm not down for the uh the the orgy scene let's just say that um and it's i'm very grateful that i escaped and i will use that word very intentionally escaped that relationship when i did so i think you need to be careful of the red flags that are obvious that you do acknowledge but you need to be even more careful of the red flags that are sneaky as fuck like that that you don't really realize until it's either a too late or b you know you're looking back on it going oh fuck so now let's take a different example um, and a different relationship of mine that you have read about um, and look at some more red flags that aren't necessarily super obvious. But once you've read the sequel and then you look back on it and you're like, oh, OK, I can acknowledge that as a red flag. Um, so when Javier and I first started dating it was 
probably okay so there was like the first week that you know everything just like went from zero to 100 and then he went out of the country for three weeks and there was like a lot of talking during that time during that time i remember getting messages being like um you know i'm stalking your instagram and i'm looking at all these pictures and um i really like your hair this certain way and I was like, oh, what what way? Because, you know, at the time you're all like in the fucking like honeymoon lovey phase and you're like, oh, my God, tell me like how you think I look best. Like, I want to know, like, what what do you think is sexy? Tell me everything. And he sent me pictures like screenshots from my Instagram um, that was like, you know, my hair up in this like you know cute little messy bun that I did when my hair was longer. Um, and then it was like very, very long. Um, like he he liked my hair very long. And at the time, I didn't see anything wrong with that. Cut to getting comments about, I don't like you in bold colored lipstick, the angles of your face, it just doesn't work. Um, spoiler alert, if you guys haven't read book two, <laughs> um, the spoilers, <laughs> I, I did that opposite. Like, I guess I should have prefaced that first. Um, but that initial like that lipstick comment that like became such a fucking thing in the second book um that people like really latched onto and I know and see why I had an example of that in a much more minimal way the first 3 weeks we were talking I was like getting that it just wasn't as obvious, wasn't as blatant. And I was in this fucking like honeymoon stage where I thought it was charming. So it's like, how do you see the red flags when the love goggles are on? Because when the love goggles are on, everything's fucking red anyways. So you're just like, oh, cool, a flag. Like You don't even know it's fucking red. You're like, green means go. Keep keep continuing. Um, so it's crazy. And I, I don't have an answer for you. I, I hope you're not waiting for me to give you some fucking truth bomb about like, this is how you do it. Um, it's just being aware, hyper aware of, you know, things that are said to you. Um, but like some of it is fucking, you know, you live and you learn. Like I never in a million years would have, if you would have asked me when we were planning our Europe trip, like what are the red flags in this scenario? I wouldn't have been able to give you any <laughs> at the time. And that's the problem. We don't recognize the red flags like when they're fucking happening and when those love goggles are on. I mean, taking it back to Daniel, like... <laughs> What started as don't wear sports bras to the gym because it's slutty ended up being like, you know, have you ever thought about getting a boob job? You would look really good with like bigger boobs. Um, his new girlfriend then got a boob job. Um, I personally love having little boobies. It fucking I, I remember looking at him being like, it took me all of high school to get fucking confident with the size of my boobs when everybody else's were like growing massively. You will not take that from me. Thank you. Goodbye. Um like running on the treadmill is easier. Um like everything sports wise is easier. And I love never having to wear a fucking bra. So thank you but no, sir, absolutely not. And, you know, you should go blonder and you should do this. It was like, that's 
anytime someone fucking has something to say about your appearance, that's a red fucking flag. Like, thank you. Good night. Okay, back to Javier. I also didn't know terms like love bombing at the time. Um, I know that people in my life looking from the outside in were like, what? what the fuck is happening? Like they saw red flags. They were like, why do you need to, you know, be in a relationship five days in? Why do you need to go on a month long trip to Italy? Why, like, why is it everything moving so fast? Um, And I get questions a lot about like, how do you tell that you are being love bombed? Like, what if both people are just like, instant connection and falling in love and it's like fucking sunshines and like rainbows are shooting out your ass and it's like amazing um again don't have don't have a good answer for you um it's just something to be aware of and if you are concerned about it you are in control of your relationship and you're allowed to say i i want to slow down or i need this to slow down um, pace wise, there, there is nothing wrong with that. And if you are not being love bombed, the person on the receiving end of that news will be like, fucking great. Sure. No problem. I totally understand. Let's slow down. That is a really good way to kind of gauge what the fuck is happening. Because a lot of times you're not going to realize it when it's happening and then in the back of your head you're going to be like okay but like all of these things that are going on like that's a sign of love bombing and then you're going to fuck yourself up in this like wormhole of just like questions and shit and not able to focus on the relationship so take the reins back and just be like i i am loving where this is going and i'm feeling all these things too but i really need us to kind of just like move at a slower pace um just until I get a little more comfortable with the the speed things are going at right now. Okay, so we've acknowledged the red flags. We have gotten our way through the racetrack where they fly in the wind, and we have moved through the red flag city to Fuckboyville. And in Fuckboyville, everybody has gone through some form of this. Like, there is a reason why it has been coined. Like, the, the, the phrase has been created. This wasn't a thing 20 years ago. We weren't, like, referring to a specific person that has certain qualities as fuckboys until more recently. So one of the tricky things that I have found with fuckboys is that sometimes you're so wrapped up in your own bullshit. Again, back to these fucking love goggles. Like if we could all just get rid of those, like life would be fucking easier. But alas, here we are. Sometimes you are so wrapped up in your own bullshit, you just refuse to fucking acknowledge that this is fuckboy behavior. I'm going to give you a perfect example. Um, So 
I vividly remember this and it's when, again, spoiler alert, if you have not read The Ridiculous Misadventures of a Single Girl, turn this episode off. And also, what the fuck are you doing with your life? I mean, come on. I I know some of you are like joined the podcast late and discovered the books after, but like, come on, get on it. Um, so this is your fair warning. So I vividly remember when Javier and I were, you know, sleeping together and having this like friends with benefits type of situation that I went to lunch with Jess and oh my God, I can like see it exactly where we were. We were at this fucking restaurant called Natural Cafe in Westlake. And I sat across from her and I was, you know, like as as you do with your best friend, you're like giving them the download of what has gone on in the past week. So I was like, you know, Javier and I are full blown sleeping together. Um, but I think it's heading in a different direction because of the way he's been acting recently. And she was like, OK, like what? And so I start telling her, you know, like, while we've been like hanging out and going to the movies and like, da, 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 whatever. And I pulled up. Oh, my God. Again, please don't ever listen to this episode. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. This is what my life has become. Um, So I pulled up a text <laughs> between he and I and read it to Jess and do I pull it up right now? No, that's too far. I can't do that. <laughs> Everyone's like, fuck. Um, so I pulled up a text and read it to her. And it was, uh, you know, basically it might, I'm sure it's probably even alluded to in the book, but it was basically saying like, you know, I, I hope that the universe and the people that are above watching over us um i know that they will guide us to what's right and basically saying that like you know when we go out and are together it's so amazing and i you know love being with you so much but then you know i i get into my head and it like kind of fucks it all up. So I'm like relaying all of this to Jess and she's sitting across from me. God love her. Deadpan. Just fucking deadpan. And then I go into the more like recent updates because I hadn't seen her in a while um, about the conversation that he and I had over FaceTime. And I was I, I flat out and, you know, this is all in the book. Um, I flat out asked him, I was like, you know, why does it feel different now? Why are you, you know, more flirty with me in public? Like, why are you, you know, it just like the things that had changed um, from me feeling like it was a fuck buddy dynamic. And his response was literally like, no, I mean, I, I really, I just want to have sex. Um, and like, you know, be able to enjoy that whenever we want. And um, it's not, it's not anything more than that. Like he literally said the fucking words to me and I'm still sitting across from Jess going, but you don't understand the way that like his face looked and the way that like he was with me the night before. Like it's like, and she literally slams her hands down. <laughs> 
<laughs> slams her hands down on the table um, to the point where like the dish kind of rattled and someone that was like across from the restaurant looked over at us and she's like Gabby and you know she was trying to piss me off when she says Gabby I fucking hate being called Gabby and she goes Gabby that is literally fuckboy behavior like he is a fuckboy like that is the definition he might as well be wearing a shirt that says I want my cake and I want to eat it too because I am a fuckboy Word for word verbatim. I will never forget it. It's engraved, ingrained in my fucking brain for all of eternity. And I'm staring at her and I'm like, I know she's right. Like, I know she's right. You can't, you can't argue that. Like, he literally told me verbatim, like, I just want you for sexual purposes. <laughs> and still, I was like trying to fucking like find the reasoning and like, but I know the deeper connection and like the meaning behind it. And like, it's like, no, bitch, take it for fucking face value. He's literally saying he just wants to fuck. Like, what? Where is the confusion in this situation? What the fuck are you not getting? The love goggles. We're going to bring it back. The fucking love goggles. Um, and I'm so I'm sitting across from Jess and she's like, you are so much better than this. Like, this is not okay. She's like, and furthermore, this shouldn't even be a fuck buddy dynamic because this is bullshit. Like, you clearly have fucking, con whether confusing feelings or like are still harboring feelings for this person, you need to fucking end this. And I, in my heart of hearts, I was like, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> um. And I looked across at her and I, I don't know what I was planning on saying. It was going to be something like in defense of the situation at hand. And I was like, OK, but what you don't understand is. And she was like, Gabby, <laughs> you cannot argue the fact that this is fuckboy behavior. And it was really in that conversation that I was like, okay, I, this bitch is right. I'm fucking so out of my knowledge at this point. Like I have to fucking take these, these love goggles off. Um, so let's talk about like real typical signs where you can be like, this is a fuck boy turn the other way. Um, you know, people always say if he wants to, he will. That shit's fucking true. Like, I don't care if he's fucking super busy with work, really focused on his career, taking all of these like classes to better himself, like going to the gym. I don't fucking care if he's spending time with his family, if he's fucking got a kid like Tay, Tyler, whatever you would like to call him has a child, and when he decided he was going to fucking pursue me, it didn't matter what time of day it was, who he was with, what his schedule was. I got text messages or calls every day. I knew that like he was fucking interested. I got flowers. I got cards. I got fucking like little date surprises. Like I, 
if they fucking want to, they will. Even my ex-husband, like when he was like, oh, I'm going to pursue this chick. Like it was kind of like borderline stalking. But at the time, I thought it was like super fucking romantic and shit. Like if they want to, they will. So if you've been waiting back on a fucking text and you're like going through all the scenarios of why he hasn't texted me back yet. Um, and then another day goes by and another day goes by and you're like, well, maybe he's just, well, what if he's just, he's probably just, he's not, he's not doing any of those fucking things. He just doesn't want to text you or doesn't want to talk to you. If he is missing you and he wants to fucking pursue something, he will. Okay. Now that that rant is over, <laughs> um, it's really vitally important that you steer fucking clear of two things. I'm going to tell you what they are right now. <laughs> Get your notepads out. Um, really vitally important that you steer clear of two things. Number one, excusing behavior and playing games. Look, there are people that will tell you to like fucking play mind games and play dirty and wait, you know, this many days to text him back or don't reach out to that's all fine and fucking dandy. That shit has never worked for me. So I am not going to preach that to you. What has worked for me and whenever my girlfriends come to me and are like, what the fuck? What do I do? Oh, my God, help me through this fucking mess that I found myself in. I always say, like, why are you trying to act like you're in high school? Like, why are you like, oh, well, he texted me, so I have to wait 30 minutes to respond. Like, that's fucking stupid. I don't have time to live my life like that. I don't know if anybody else does. Um, so no, no with the games. I'm, I'm a no-go on the games. Um, I'm all for, like, demanding your fucking worth. And, you know, if someone has disrespected you not responding, um, but as far as like trying to do different tricks and games to make them more interested, if you have to do that, he is not the one. Let me repeat that for the people in the back. If you have to play games to trick him into being more interested in you, why the fuck do you want to be with someone like that anyways? No, that is not it. Okay. Um, I have always had success with being fucking direct. Like sometimes I'm not going to say men and generalize it in that way. Sometimes people are just stupid and you have to literally be like, hey, when you do this, it makes me feel this way. I would really love if you could maybe do this instead or hey, I really need A, B, and C in order to like feel secure and comfortable in a relationship. And I'd really love like if that's something you could do. Sometimes people just need some fucking direction <laughs> to be like, oh, cool. Didn't know you needed that. Great. And then like, let me deliver it to you. And then if not, you know, that's a that's an issue that you tackle in the relationship um, or in the dating or whatever fucking like stage of this you're in. but. If you have to play these like, ooh, make him want me by not texting him back or like by acting a certain type of way or by, you know, whatever 
the excuses, that's not the fucking person that you should be with. So let's start with that. The second one we said was excusing behavior. If you find yourself consistently being like, oh, well, you know, he had to bail because dot, dot, dot. Oh, well, you know, he doesn't really like to talk on the phone that often because dot, dot, dot. Oh, well, he really just likes to stay home and not go out to public places because dot, dot, dot. Oh, well, you know, he doesn't need to post us on any social media because I'm confident that whatever, dude, what the fuck ever, if you are excusing behavior consistently, like, look, I get it. Every once in a while, someone has to cancel a fucking date. That's fine. Like, people are human. Um, but again, if he wanted to, he would. That's like what you have to keep bringing it back to. So if you're excusing behavior in any capacity multiple times, that's a fucking red flag. And not only is it a red flag, it's a red flag that's going, yo, bitch, I'm trying to let you know that this is fuckboy territory. You are entering the territory of the fuckboy. And if you are fucking blatantly ignoring that, guess what's going to happen? You're going to fucking continue excusing behavior. And if if you end up like momentarily training the fuckboy to like being in a relationship with you, you're going to end up excusing bigger fucking behaviors like, oh, I just haven't met his parents for eight months because, you know, he like had some trauma when he was young and he doesn't introduce people to like, no, no, don't fucking excuse behavior. Ask for what you want. Be clear about what you want. And if the person is right for you, they will make it happen and vice versa. Like, it's really that fucking simple. If you're when we were kids, you know, you're like, oh, mom, I'm fucking hungry. Great. Let me bring you some food. If you're just sitting there being like, she's eventually going to have to realize that I'm hungry and then she'll cook me something like that's toxic behavior. If you are one of the people that is in a relationship or a dating, a, a dating like there, what's the, what? How do I say that? I guess it's like is dating. So is dating. Then you can't be like silent and just expecting everything to fucking work out. Like you have to communicate. You have to ask for what you want. You have to like be transparent and not play these fucking mind games because then you're turning into the toxic person. Those are all toxic traits. We are in fuckboy red flag toxic trait territory today <laughs> um, and you need to take accountability if any of that shit is on your end the last point that i really want to hammer home if you will in this episode is taking people at face value because so often fuckboys don't like they're not good at what they do <laughs> like they're not like hiding in plain sight pretending to be prince charming but really it's a fuck boy like no they're usually you know pretty fucking easy to spot they don't really want to go out in public they're really just trying to like have like a physical relationship they don't communicate they're not 
forthcoming with information. They seem, you know, like it's it's so much of it. Like it's so obvious. You usually 90% of the time know that you're dealing with a fuckboy. Every like so often you'll get a Javier thrown in there who like is you know, Prince Charming the first couple months and then gradually like climbs down the ladder into fuckboy. Um, but 90% of the time, like, you know, it's, it, you know, okay. So if you're seeing these patterns, if you're seeing these behaviors, or if, God forbid, you're like me in that situation where the person is literally telling you, no, I just want sex and not commitment. Um, Take them at their word. When someone shows you who the fuck they are, fucking believe them. Don't sit there and be like, okay, but I can change them. I can fix them. I can make this situation work. No, you can't. No, you can't. And even if you can for the time being, like, Nobody's going to fucking change until they decide they want to. Like, take it from the girl who grew up fixing every person she got into a relationship with. And I will say, some of them turned out quite well, but I digress. Don't try to get around what people are showing you. When someone shows you who the fuck they are, believe them. It will save you so much bullshit on the journey. I fucking promise you that. So, my darling FMLers, what have we learned today in this solo episode of season three? We have learned, number one, sometimes red flags are very fucking obvious and sometimes red flags look like they're green and are hiding in plain sight and are smaller than normal. And you still need to be aware and pay attention to what those could indicate or lead to in the future. Number two, fuck boys, (laughs) fuck people, whatever, are not that hard to recognize. You just need to get fucking honest with yourself and be like, yes, Stacy, you might really want to change this person. You might really love the sex that you guys are having. You might even think that if you could just hang on with the fuckboy mentality for a year or two, then he'll be ready to settle down. No, Stacy, fucking stop it. You cannot change them. They have to want to change themselves. So we are not going to excuse fucking behavior. We are not going to allow them to treat us less than we fucking deserve. We're not going to do it. And we're also not going to fucking play games because nobody's got time for that shit. We are going to ask for what we want, be clear about what the fuck we need. And if people can't rise to the fucking occasion and deliver that, then that's not the person for us. We move forward. We do not accept the bare minimum bullshit from anybody in our lives. 
nor should anyone in your life accept the bare minimum bullshit from you. And finally, good old number three, we learned to believe people when they show you who the fuck they are. No more of this, oh, but maybe, oh, well, one day, like, no. When we are shown right in front of our fucking faces, like, this is who I am, we are going to believe them the first time. Trust me, it will save you so much fucking grief in the long run. I am so interested to get feedback on this episode to see if you guys are liking this more kind of uncut vibe style um, or if you're more into the polished uh, interviews that we do when we're in studio on set. Um, So feel free to uh, shoot me a DM and let me know. How, uh, how this episode went for you and um, if we want more stuff like this on uh, season four, which is insane that we're coming up on season four. Um, wild. I never in a million years thought when I started this podcast that <laughs> it would be what it is now. Um, so thank you guys for that because it's been incredible and it's all because you are here listening and supporting and i love you for it uh if you really were like "Ooh, this episode rocks my socks um these are really how the minute can't even fucking talk anymore how the mini bonus episodes are done um and even further especially season four of the mini bonus episodes like i i started recording them right after Um, I was recovering from COVID and I don't know if I was on cough medicine or what, but like I just fucking went to town one day, sat down and recorded like the first six of them. And I was like, people are going to think I'm legit on drugs. (laughs) Um, They are wildly fun because I knew if I was going to do an FML's guide to fucking healing, I didn't want it to be this like heavy, you know, rip open your trauma type season. I wanted it to be fun and ridiculous and i wanted people to laugh as we went through all these heavy fucking topics so they're very uncut very ridiculous um you get me in my rawest form uh again if you want to check all of those out it is patreon.com slash fml talk besides the four seasons of mini bonus episodes that you get that you can binge at your leisure you also get access to the private facebook group which has really been my favorite thing to see so many incredible friendships forming. There are people that like fly to go meet up with each other and are like on text threads together. It's just really fucking cool to see an actual community forming and creating these incredible friendships with different people on their journeys. Um, and then you also get 10% off all of your merch. And If I did my math right, which is questionable, then I'm pretty sure the new merch is about to drop. And when I tell you, I feel like I say this every time I release something new um, and it's authentic every time I'm like, this is my new favorite thing. But when I tell you the new stuff is like a step above, like we've we've elevated at at FML talk over here Um, and the the two hoodies well one's a hoodie one's a crew neck and then there's a tank that's coming out like a tank top everybody was very adamant that like we needed a tank top um so your wish is my fucking command but these two 
the hoodie and the sweatshirt are fucking just uh chef's kiss um and they're both unisex so and like you know a lot of the styles are unisex but like is a guy gonna wear a pink eat pray fml sweatshirt eh, maybe not um but these are like like guys could rock these and be like they're dope um and they're also baggier fits and just so fucking comfy and oh they're so good i can't wait for you guys to like see the designs and anyways all of that to say if you're signed up on the patreon you get 10 percent off all your merch orders um and you know that shit adds up i hope this episode was eye-opening helpful i hope you guys laughed um i <laughs> i just have so much gratitude for all of my FMLers. This has been such a wild ride the past two years to watch this brand grow in such a way. And I'm just so thankful that you all are here and on this journey with me. Also, I think we should re reannounce if you have an FML story that you're wanting to submit. It doesn't have to be relationship related. We get a lot of like, he was cheating. There was this, you know, it, it doesn't have to be relationship related. It can be just like an FML moment in your life. That's like ridiculous and shocking and funny. Um, so if you want to submit your FML story, um, you literally just sit down, record it on your, you know, on your iPhone app, whatever. Um, and you email it in to info, I-N-F-O, at eatprayfml.com. Um, so it should just be a recorded attachment. Um, try and keep it between a minute and a half to two and a half minutes and make sure you're obviously in a quiet space when you record so it's good quality so we can air it Um, because we're always looking for more FML stories to pop into some of the episodes. As always, make sure y'all are fucking subscribed so you never miss an episode. Keep up with us on Instagram at FML Talk Podcast. That's where all of the behind the scenes fun is and our giveaways whenever we do them. We've already talked about Patreon. If I haven't fucking told you on it now, probably not going to. But it's really the place to fucking be, um, especially if you loved the books. There's such juicy details that I cannot share in a public forum Um, and also the self-love club gets all the first dibs on stuff like they get an hour to shop their merch when it drops before everybody else Um, they get like extra perks randomly that uh, that I throw out there and uh, it's just it's just good times it's just good times so again that's patreon.com slash fml talk I fucking love you guys so goddamn much. Um, And per usual, if you haven't gotten through the bottle of tequila I told you to grab at the beginning of this episode, have a self-love cocktail on me or a shot or whatever. I will see you next week. Mwah! Welcome to As a Woman, Fertility Hormones and Beyond. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Crawford, and I am a fertility physician and co-founder of Fora Fertility in Austin, Texas. We will talk about a wide range of topics, including the menstrual cycle, your hormones, infertility, IVF, mental health, and well, beyond. So join us and become part of the community of collaboration that amplifies others as a woman. 
This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.